I think the bigger issue that's bubbling under the surface of police and community relations is the daily disrespect and the daily harassment that has just become a part of life of living in communities like Southeast San Diego. If you go to any barbershop and you ask the people, have you been harassed by police? Have you been racially profiled? It's like it's not even a question worth asking because everybody has. Everybody has experienced it. It's absolutely necessary that we kind of reimagine kind of the positioning of police in our communities, what they're allowed to get away with and what they're not allowed to get away with. In the aftermath of the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis in May of 2020, Black Lives Matter protests swept across the nation and the world. With them came serious conversations on what the role of police in society should be, particularly when it comes to people of color. KPBS, along with the National Conflict Resolution Center, held a community conversation on the future of policing in July of 2020, which was hosted by KPBS investigative reporter Claire Tregesser. Welcome to San Diego Conversations, a collaboration between KPBS and the National Conflict Resolution Center, covering important issues affecting the San Diego region. I'm Andrew Bracken. After the break, we'll take a look back at the event and at where things are today. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The original event on the future of policing took place on July 13, 2020. One of the three panelists from the event was Monica Montgomery Stepp, a San Diego City Council member representing District 4 in Southeast San Diego. My work is to change policy, but also to uh, change hearts, to change minds, to change how we interact with each other. Just generally speaking, I can put all the policies in the world on paper and we can get them passed. But if uh, interactions do not change, it really doesn't matter. If we reward uh, the same behavior, even though those policies are there, then it won't matter. So we need to do all of those things. Khaled Alexander, whom we heard at the start of the episode, is the founder and president of Pillars of the Community, an organization in Southeast San Diego committed to criminal justice reform. If I was going to say that, you know, what needs to be done, I mean, first of all, there needs to be an acknowledgement that racial profiling even exists. How can we even begin to have a conversation if our humanity and our ability to say, hey, we're being victimized here isn't even recognized by the people who are perpetrating that violence? I think if we're not striving to get better, we're going to end up falling behind. Jack Schaefer is president of the San Diego Police Officers Association the union that represents San Diego police officers, and has been with the department for over 30 years. 
I feel fortunate to be a member of the San Diego Police Department because we have been pretty progressive in doing a lot of things, probably leading the country in a lot of things. But that doesn't mean that we're by any means perfect. And we do have a lot of work to do. And I think having some of these discussions can lead to some of those um, revelations that might lead to maybe the next best way of doing things. Following up with the panelists recently, we wanted to gauge where they felt things were since the event last summer. Here's council member Montgomery Stepp. What I am always going to stand for and talk about is accountability, transparency, oversight, equity in law enforcement, how we enforce the law. Are we over-policing in some areas, under-policing in others? Do we treat everyone the same? Do we have a lens for decriminalization or the opposite? Those are the things that I am going to continue to talk about. I stated then that, you know, I do believe in a law enforcement function, but I believe that there are alternatives to some of our issues around public safety in our targeted communities. One significant change since the event has been the passage of Measure B, which creates an independent police review board to investigate police misconduct. The measure passed overwhelmingly, with 75% of voters supporting it. Because the commission is just in its infancy, it will take time to see what impact it will have. Councilmember Montgomery Stepp on the current status of the commission. So since it passed, we have had our ad hoc committee of the current board, or the interim commission, along with community groups such as San Diegans for Justice, Women Occupy, Mid-City Can, that have hosted community town halls to get input on what our community members would like to see in the implementation ordinance. Community members had a lot of good feedback about how they want to see the makeup of the commission, and that included having youth uh, seats on the commission. It included having more people serve as commissioners that have had intrusive interactions with officers and have had that experience. And it's very, very important that we use this as an additional opportunity to continue to build trust between community members and law enforcement. That has been a goal from the very beginning. And the more we are able to listen to community members and incorporate their ideas into the policy that we push forward, the better off I think we will be. Following up with Jack Schaefer recently, he reflected on how he feels poor perceptions of police can have an adverse effect on the relationship between them and people in the community. What I feel like sometimes in some of these conversations is that the story is being put out there to where people have this picture of us doing the job so poorly all the time and and really um, having malice in our minds. And I can tell you this as somebody who's done this job for so long, People don't go to work wanting to hurt people. I mean, if, if they do, they shouldn't be cops. You know, you go to you go to work to do certain to to get things done to help keep people safe. Um, now, sometimes you, we have to use force, but again, it's pretty rare. It's not it's not very often. Um, and, and we'd like to get those numbers down, but the pictures that they paint sometimes I think make people more you know less likely to cooperate with us, which then brings up the potential of, of force. 
When things happen, we need to handle them. And, and, when, and when there's some cop that's out there that's not, not a cop that should be out there, that person should be handled and, take, and, and not doing this job or doing something else. I think that the, the bigger picture, we're a part of a bigger problem with societal issues that I think we need to address. There are some things in my profession that, that definitely can be better, but we're definitely not the, the only thing that, to point a finger at. You have to look at more than that. You know, we do things right almost all the time. Unfortunately, when we do things wrong, it's everywhere. Um, and, it can, and it can have a really, you know, big impact on, on individuals' lives and on communities. One topic that came up was about police training and how improving training on de-escalation techniques specifically might help in reducing violent interactions between police and the community it serves. De-escalation was mentioned in our policies many, many times for years, but to emphasize it and make, give it its own policy that this is what de-escalation is and this is how you use it, I think what that does is it kind of tells the officer this is something that is very important. Um, de-escalation is something that in order to be good at this job, you have to be able to utilize it. I mean, you have to be able to go to something where the emotions are here and try to bring them down to here so you can actually have a conversation. But I think emphasizing it makes people maybe pay more attention to it and maybe try to get better at it and maybe um, also evaluate new cops based on how they de-escalate things. For Khalid Alexander, improving police training is far from enough. He finds the issues in policing to be more foundational and feels we need to completely rethink our approach to law enforcement. The culture itself of policing is so rotten that no matter how good the training is, no matter how well-intentioned, and I believe that most law enforcement are probably well-intentioned when they go into it. But because once you get into a department where pulling black and brown people over is prioritized, where you're looked at as a tougher, stronger cop if you're a part of the gang suppression unit, where you get stripes and credibility for serving in poorer neighborhoods like Southeast San Diego and Logan, because that culture is so strong, no matter how good the training and no matter how good their hearts are, it's very difficult to kind of come up with commonalities that are going to help move policing away from what it is today. Unless we create new institutions, I think it's going to be very, very difficult to change that culture that is so embedded in policing. And I don't mean that to diminish any of the changes that people are fighting for on the outside. I'm all in favor of positive change, no matter how small it is, that's heading in the right direction. But for me, the right direction is creating an entirely new system that is really there to protect and serve the community. In a lot of ways, defunding the police and abolishing the police can be seen as kind of semantics. And so in that sense, I'm not as much caught up over the words as I am with the intention behind them. And the intention behind both of those are envisioning a world and imagining in a world where you don't have to have armed people who are responsible for addressing every societal ill that is out there. So are there any areas of agreement? We take a look after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. We get a lot of stuff, us police officers, 
get a lot of stuff thrown on our laps, things that aren't necessarily what we're best at. During the event in July of 2020, Jack Schaefer raised two issues where there may be room for agreement, and that had to do with how police are involved in mental illness cases, as well as the homeless in San Diego. Part of that is like there's just been a huge, you know, homelessness problem, mental health, you know, problems within San Diego, that there are probably other people that could probably do as good or better of a job. But it seems like whenever there's something going on in society, it always ends up you know, being given to the police officers. And I think some of that should be diverted to people that might be like in social workers or uh, clinicians and things like that for, for special issues. Council member Montgomery Stepp also sees potential for change in the policing of those suffering from mental illness. I think there's room for agreement when it comes to how we are policing our folks that have mental health breakdowns or issues. I think the police officers that I've spoken to would agree that those calls they don't necessarily want to go to. Not because they don't care, but there's a lot of training involved in dealing with those types of breakdowns. So I think we can all agree that that is a function that we can explore alternatives. That is the sentiment that I receive from all sides of the aisle. I think that's a good place to start. We get called basically when people are at a really emotional boiling point. Again, here's Jack Schaefer. We have PERT clinicians, which are very helpful. Um, it would be nice to have more of that. And the other thing it would be really nice to have in, in San Diego County is facilities where we can actually get people the help that they need and they don't get turned away. We, we don't have enough like available beds, let's say. We've had the same county mental health facility over, over there by the sports arena for years, and I don't know of too many other places like that. So I think a, a little bit more investment needs to be made probably by the county to have some places where we can actually handle some of these or, or get them the help that they need when they need the help, um, and maybe they won't get to that, to that really super volatile state. And I don't think we're as well equipped to deal with some of the issues as maybe um, some civilian personnel who that's, that's where their 100% of their mindset has been as far as, as far as their professional careers. But I think there's a lot of problems in society that we can just take a different approach to it and it'll probably serve everybody much better. For Khaled Alexander, the focus still needs to be on how communities of color are being policed. One specific issue he brought up during the event was the policy of pretextual stops. And my understanding is black people are, I think it's up to three times more likely to be pulled over by pretextual stops. So that's, for example, saying, oh, you didn't change lanes or you didn't, uh, you have a, a light off in the back. Um, and then in the process of that stop, what they do is they try to become more intrusive um, into the individual's personal life. They'll ask to search the car. They'll ask where you're going. They'll ask a number of different questions, which African-Americans are less likely to actually have a crime that has actually been committed from those pretextual stops. So, yeah, I mean, one of our demands is all pretextual stops immediately in. Again, Jack Schaefer. Let's be clear, because a lot of times people mix it up with racial profiling. Okay, it's, you know, I'm part of the cab commission, and I had people talking about it like it was stopping somebody for being a race, you know, stopping somebody for being black. That's not a pretext stop. That's racism. If that is happening, that shouldn't be happening, and that needs to be taken care of. If police were to treat community members in La Jolla, community members in Coronado, community members in Tierra Santa, 
the same way that they treat community members in District 4 and in Southeast San Diego, there's no way they would get away with it. it it's even inconceivable that they would pull over somebody in La Jolla and hassle them for 30 minutes to an hour uh, because they looked suspicious, unless that person happened to be Black and looked like they came from Southeast San Diego. It's clear that Khaled Alexander, Sergeant Jack Schaefer, and Councilmember Monica Montgomery Stepp each have distinct visions of how they see the future of policing. We have to figure out ways to make it so that police are held accountable outside of their structures, right? To make it difficult for police to harass so that they can no longer get away with treating some communities different than they treat other communities. We have to have a balance. We have to be able to keep a community safe, but we have to do so without, you know, while making, while making people feel safe, you know, with us and all that stuff and, and doing it the right way. So I think that there needs to be oversight. I think there needs to be people pointing out things that we're doing wrong, um, but not every idea is a, is a really good idea. And I think you need to pull yourself away from it sometimes and look at like what would happen, what would the negative things that happen, say we, we, we went forward with some of the ideas that we were hearing at that time. I do believe that folks are reexamining what and reimagining what public safety is and what it looks like and exploring if there are alternatives that can, you know, continue to keep us safe while promoting and supporting community members. So I think that it's an evolution. I think that sometimes it's slow and sometimes it, it is a little faster, but we are reimagining and that's a good thing. I remain hopeful. I think that's all that I can be right now. <laughs> there, there are many different things going on in our city, in our state, in our nation and in the world. And so I hold on to hope. And I think that the more we educate ourselves, talk to each other, express our differences and concerns, you know, the better off we'll be. You can watch the original event on the future of policing in its entirety at kpbs.org slash community conversations. You can also view public meetings of the Commission on Police Practices on the City of San Diego Public Meetings YouTube account. San Diego Conversations is a collaboration between KPBS and the National Conflict Resolution Center. You can visit our website at kpbs.org slash San Diego Conversations. This program is produced by me, Andrew Bracken. For KPBS, Linda Ball and Tricia Richter are coordinators. Claire Tregesser is an investigative reporter with KPBS and hosted the original event. Emily Jankowski is technical director. Kinsey Moreland is podcast coordinator. Lisa Jane Morissette's operations manager. And John Decker is director of programming. Thanks also to Ashley McGuire from the National Conflict Resolution Center. We hope you'll join us for our next San Diego Conversation. <laughs>